Calvin, where are you? I need you here. Hey, what's up, Harold? Oh, uh, where, we, where have you been? I was just picking up my new harp. Isn't that cool? I mean, who wants to carry around a big harp like you've got to? Let me see that. No, 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 no. That's not a harp. I'm sure it is. Oh. And it sounds way cooler. Oh, bad. See? Isn't that, isn't that a lot cooler? Well, it's, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so, so, but tell me, why do you think you needed a harp to begin with? Well, if I'm going to earn my angel wings, I figured yeah. i got to be more like you. So what's that have to do with you and a mouth harp? Well, I've heard that song over and over and over. Harp and Herald Angel sings. So I figured i got to learn how to play a harp and sing. Oh, Alvin, good grief. That's... That's not the words to the song and, uh, at all. And anyway, it's not why I called you here. Listen, we got a directive from the big guy. <laughs> you mean Ralphie? No, 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 no. I don't mean Ralphie. You know, the boss, the maker of all things, the alpha, the omega, God. Okay. What's he got for us? Well, St. Nicholas sent in a prayer request for a uh, one Elmer T. Elf to find peace and happiness and to understand the true meaning of Christmas. Who is St. Nicholas, and what's a T-Elf? It's kind of like a T-Rex, he's got short little arms. Oh my, really, Alvin? No, St. Nicholas, Cinder Claus, Kris Kringle, Santa Claus, ho, 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 the guy that accelerated the giving of gifts to children at Christmas time. And it's not what is a T-Elf, it's who is Elmer T-Elf. He is one of Santa's helpers. Anyway, we need to find a way to make this happen. Christmas is almost here, so we're going to have to make it up to the North Pole. We've got to get there soon, and we've got to get this done before Christmas is over. All right. What on earth? Or should I say, who on earth are you two? I'm Alvin. This old guy here, he's Harold. He's so old, they even put in his name. Hole. We're angels. At least Harold's an angel. I'm still in training. Uh, after that old guy wisecrack, I'm not so sure you're going to stay in training. Well, I, I think I've heard of Harold. Isn't he the angel we hear about all this time? Harold, the angel sings. So I think I'm pretty sure I know about you, but Alvin? What kind of name is Alvin? That sounds like, what, a, a chipmunk or a squirrel or something? We are here because, why are we here again? I forget. Oh. Well, we're here because someone cares about you, Elmer, and they've got concerns for your well-being. It's Inga, isn't it? Hmm. She keeps telling me I'm pranking people too much, I'm just a mess up. Well, she needs to mind her own business. Hmm. Well, you know, we can't really say who it is, but I can tell you this, it's not Inga. And the request is to help you find some peace and some happiness and to discover the true meaning of Christmas. I'm an elf at the North Pole right before Christmas. I know what Christmas is. Well, Elmer, we're talking here about the true meaning of Christmas, not the stuff, okay? Not the schedules, not the conflict, not the grief. Those kind of things can find their way into your life in this time of year, and it steals away the true meaning. It's the true reason for the season. I don't have time for this, and I know I don't have time for you two, so why don't you just go? 
Harold, what are we going to do now? Um, watch the master. So uh, that's why I've got the wings, and you're still working on yours. So, you know, listen up and watch a little bit. Well, okay, Elmer. Uh, we'll grant your request. We'll go away and far away. But guess what? You are coming with us. What? We can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Well, at least I can do that, Alfred. That's pretty cool. You know, maybe I should kind of pay attention a little more so I can earn my wings. I think so. Please rise.
You may be seated. You know, you wait almost all year to be able to say two words that have eternal significance. And I'm going to say it's not happy holidays, but on a count of three, if you know what those two words are, I want you to say them out loud as, as loud as you can so everyone knows you know it. On a count of three, one, two, three. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And I'll just tell you, you know it's Christmas when two things happen in my life. Number one, I get my Christmas haircut. Okay, got it today. And ready for this? You can't wear these socks just any day of the year. They're styling. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Uh, I know we have many guests here. We don't put you on the spot. And we're glad that you're here. And we just want to say this, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to be your church home. We'd love to grow in Christ together. So we'd like to get to know you, and we're doing it now in, quote, the digital world. So if you would, you could text 1C guest to 94,000, and then we could start communicating, and you can ask your questions. So do that. Uh, I'd love for you to do that. And uh, also, just so you know, we're going to be having communion later and you might be saying, well, what is communion? Well, it's also known as the Lord's Supper, right? And uh, here at 1C, we believe that the Lord's Supper, communion, holy communion, it's bread and wine, yes, or juice, but it's also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and the reminder, once again, he's always with us. So if this is what you believe... We invite you, in fact, we encourage you to come and to celebrate this meal. So if you didn't get to pick up the elements before the service, during the next song might be a really good time for you to just make your way into family gathering area to the kitchen and you can receive these elements for our celebration in just a little bit. All right, the other thing, just um, I feel like I have things like a magician, pulling them out of every pocket. Hopefully when you came in, you received uh, several things but uh, a bookmark. And it just lets you know that starting January 3rd, we as a church are going to talk about what I believe is one of the most underutilized gifts that God has given us. And it's the gift of prayer. Jesus modeled it. We're called to do it. And this idea of prayer can shape your life and my life. And also, as we're actually going to be talking a lot about, is to help us break through in different areas of our life. And you might be sitting here thinking, yeah, boy, I do need a breakthrough. After 2020, after COVID, and after all the stuff going on, I need a breakthrough financially. I need a breakthrough relationally. I need a breakthrough with my health. And so we're going to be talking about prayer and modeling it and living it and using it all for the glory of God. So come on back after Christmas, and we're going to start this journey on January 3rd. So... This will kind of give you every week and its theme. So again, glad you're with us in worship. May God be glorified as we have a Merry Christmas now and every day of our life.
shepherds Three wise men seeking truth They traveled from afar Hoping to find the child from heaven Falling on their knees They bow before the humble Prince of Shadow 
Well, Merry Christmas, boys and girls. I hope you got one of these bags when you came in, but don't open it yet. Because I've got to warn you that it might not be a Christmas bag that you would expect. But isn't that like this, this year's been? It's not been what we expected. You know, maybe you had some sporting events or activities that got, that got canceled. Maybe you couldn't have friends over for a birthday party. Maybe you had a vacation or a trip plan that had to be postponed. And I'm guessing that your Christmas plans might be a little bit different this year too. But you know what? I think we can learn something from this. You know what? Maybe the most important things in life are the simple things. When we think about that first Christmas, it's not what I would have expected. We had the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God, Son, Jesus, enter this world. And he entered through a simple way of being born as a baby in a tiny little town of Bethlehem. All right, you can go ahead and open your bags. And as you look in here, you'll see there's some animal fur. Because you know what? When Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem, there was no room for them in the inn. There was no guest room, no place for them to stay. So they had to stay in a stable with animals. And then there's also a piece of wood in here. Because when Jesus was born, they didn't have a bed to lay him in. So he was laid in a manger to sleep. And then if you look again down in here, hey, you know what? There's some bran flakes. Because that manger that they laid Jesus in is where they fed the animals. You can eat these bran flakes if you'd like to. They're pretty good. I like them better, though, in a bowl with milk and sugar and raisins. But you can go ahead and eat those if you want. And then down in the bottom, there's straw. Because you know what? Where they were staying, the animals were sleeping, and animals like to sleep on straw, don't they? Well, this is probably not what you expected. And it's not a very exciting Christmas bag. Um, but you know what? That first Christmas just didn't seem very exciting either. But it's not the things of Christmas that make it exciting or special. It's not the, the decorations, the presents, the cookies, the toys. It's Jesus himself that makes Christmas special. Because Jesus came into this world to rescue us. So if you carefully reach down underneath the straw, try not to get the straw, pull the straw out and make a mess. But there's another bag in there. And there's some candy in there. So I want you to enjoy the hugs and the kisses and the candy cane as a reminder that Jesus loves you so much and his love for you is the greatest gift we could ever receive on Christmas. All right, because Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to leave heaven, to come into earth, to be born as a baby, but not just to stay a baby. He grew and he, he lived a perfect life that we couldn't live and then he gave his life up to die on the cross for, for us so that we could be rescued from our sin. And he rose from the grave three days later so that we can be alive and have this new life with him now and forever. Amen. So boys and girls, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the candy and remember how much Jesus loves you.
child prays for peace on earth and she's calling out from a sea of hurt oh come oh come Beautiful song, uh, not just for Christmas, 
uh, but for every day. In fact, when I think about the month of December, isn't it dark? You know, for uh, nine years we lived in Tucson, Arizona, where they have sunlight for 352 days out of the, the year. And uh, I know we don't quite get that here. And December is especially dark. And I'm, I'm thinking, uh, and at least for me, maybe we can compare that darkness with what happens spiritually. Because of sin in the world, because of what happened a long time ago in a garden, sin came into the world and with it darkness. Darkness that uh, caused despair and death and lots of really not so good things. And God knew that he had to do something about that darkness. So what he did, and the song attested to that, is he sent his son into this world to bring light and life and hope and peace and joy for people like you and me. So I'm hoping that's what uh, Christmas is all about, is uh, for you and for me to realize that this light of Jesus, this love of Jesus has come for you because you needed it desperately, and I needed it desperately. So let's pray, and I'm going to take you on that journey as we uh, confess that sin and then get reminded once again of forgiveness that comes in Jesus. Oh, heavenly, gracious, loving Father, on this Christmas Eve, we gather together, and, and there seems to be lots of joy and energy and excitement, uh, but as we pause in the midst of this um, darkness, this nighttime, to remember and to reflect on a, a truth that is, is not so good. Because of Adam and Eve, and because of us, uh, there is sin. And uh, that separates us from you. That is a sin that means that we don't do what you want us to do, and we, we kind of go our own way and do our own thing. We cause this darkness. And if we were left on our own, we would, we would not be with you. So thank you for seeing that. Thank you for understanding our plight. And thank you for doing what, uh, at least for me, it blows my mind. You were willing to give your only son. Thank you. And thank you for the love expressed in him being born in, in a manger, in a stable. Thank you for the love that was expressed as he lived a perfect life. Thank you for the love that moved him to go into Jerusalem knowing what was ahead of him. Thank you for the love that, that moved him to allow himself to be betrayed and arrested and beaten, placed on a cross and put into a tomb. But we especially want to say thank you for the love that moved him to rise on that third day and be victorious. And we thank you that because of his resurrection, be, because of what he accomplished, you have brought light into a dark world. You have brought light into our life. We pray that we would understand this more fully this year than ever before. And we thank you. And now we ask that you would prepare our hearts, our minds for a very special gift that you've given, the gift of Holy Communion, bread, wine, body, and blood for forgiveness. So may your spirit be sent and uh, give us a, 
and a deeper understanding of this precious gift and all that it means for us today and tomorrow and in preparation for eternity with you. So Lord Jesus, we, uh, we pray all of these things in your name as we now also pray the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And as I mentioned in the prayer, you know, we're going to celebrate Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper. And what I'm going to do first is I'm going to share with you the, what's known as the words of institution. It's where Jesus, while he was in that upper room with his disciples, celebrating the Passover meal, gave it a whole new meaning, whole new significance. So let me share those words first before we actually take communion. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take the bread and then take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. Then if you would, take the wine or the juice and take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. We pray. Heavenly Father, you have um, made yourself known to be a God who loves to give gifts. In fact, your gifts, your blessings, are they pile one on top of another, and you give them out of love for your children. So thank you for this meal that you have given us. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness and life and salvation. We also thank you for the gift of your word and the story of Christmas. And we ask now that your Holy Spirit would be with us as we look at this story, as we, as we want to understand more fully what does this mean for us as we live our lives here on this earth. So thank you for your presence and power and might. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, the story. As I was thinking about what we've been doing with Elmer T. Elf throughout the month of December, we've been watching him fumble his way through trying to figure out this thing called Christmas. And the truth really is, if we're honest, we are Elmer T. Elf or Inga, right? We just don't always get it. We're, we're blinded by our sin. Uh, this world we live in really wants to distort the message of Christmas. So we're going to come today and we're going to talk about 
what I think is the most important theme for Christmas when it comes to you and me. And if I can have uh, the theme up on the, the screen, this is what God put on my heart to share with you today, embracing the Savior. There's nothing more important in our life on this earth than embracing the Savior. And we saw Elmer T. Elf struggle with embracing all sorts of other things and not quite getting it. So I want to take you on a journey to bring it into our own personal world. And there's a phrase I'm going to share with you at the very end that maybe you'll get before I even get there. But I'm going to show you some pictures. And I want you to look at those pictures and maybe identify what goes on in this world and maybe even in our own life. All right, let's start with the pictures. Here's three of them. Wow. I mean, I look at the one on the top left. You know, we have an empty nest now. Our kids are out of the house, so this is a little foreign, but I remember the days. All right? And then you can look at, you know, what's going on there. Uh, the next set of three pictures, you can maybe just think through that and what's going on. The next set of pictures. The next set of pictures. And I'm thinking the, the picture on the top right actually fits the, <coughs> the words of the theme that I'm going to share with you, this phrase. I don't know how many of you have ever felt as if you have your hands full. And I'm going to say, I think 2020 has pushed the envelope even further. For those of you that are sitting here thinking, and I, you know, I thought there are many moments that I felt like my hands were full, but let me tell you, 2020, there's something different. When I'm watching and seeing and understanding everything that teachers went through in 2020, and parents and kids, all the changes, all the adapting to this thing called COVID and trying to do education and juggle their own lives. I mean, it was just a lot. Or I think about the medical personnel and all the things that they were trying to deal with as we were trying to figure out what COVID-19 is and all the things that went on and some of the stuff that they had to see and experience in an ICU room. I can't fathom that. Just amazing. Or when I think about COVID-19, it's affected lots of things. It has affected people's finances. They feel like their hands are full of, of uh, obligations and bills and not enough money. I know of relationships that have been stretched and strained because of COVID-19. A lot of things have taken place because of, of this virus, this disease. And I thought, now why COVID-19? What does that mean for us today? And I thought, well, I think we can go back to the story of creation, and we can go back to the story of the fall into sin, and we can go back to the story of the promise of God. Because here's what happened. If you, if you go back to the creation account, and we have God making the heavens and the earth, God making Adam and Eve, God placing them in the Garden of Eden, God blessing them with one blessing on top of another, and then just the one commandment, so to speak, one law, don't eat from the tree, because if you eat from it, you're going to die. If you think about it, 
Nowhere in scripture do we find out that they knew what that meant to die. But I always say the tone on God's voice probably said it's not a good thing. You don't want this. And so when they ate from the, the tree, they felt something. And so they took matters into their own hands, right? They, they thought, okay, we've got to do something. We crossed the line. We now see things that we didn't see before, and we're going to go hide. So God goes and seeks them. He finds them right where they are. And if I were God, and my kids probably could attest to this, when they've crossed the line, I could picture my finger being put out and judgment being the, probably the biggest emotion that I had. But God did something different. He navigated through that moment. He did tell them the consequence to their behavior. Eve, childbirth is going to be painful. Adam, your work is going to be tough. You're going to have thorns and thistles and sweat. It's going to be tough. But then we get to the third person in this scenario. And God is saying something that I think is amazing when, you know, when I, when my kids were little, they would have these Christmas programs and they'd stand up there really kind of cute and all their red and green and white and they're going to say this verse from Genesis 3.15 and they have no clue what they're saying. But it's a verse that has meaning and significance today and tomorrow and forever. So Genesis 3.15, this is God speaking to the serpent. He says this, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. If you notice up there, the pronouns are underlined. And what I'm trying to emphasize at this moment is God decided to take matters into his own hands. He knew Adam and Eve. He understood who humanity. He knew that no matter how hard we try, we're not going to be able to deal with the sin and the consequence of the sin. And he knew that if he did nothing, we would be lost for eternity. <coughs> and God didn't want that. <coughs> he has such a love for people like you and me, he was willing to do the unthinkable. And we, you know, we look at that. I mean, that's what this nativity scene is all about. That's what this manger is all about, is God's remedy for humanity. In fact, if we look at Galatians chapter 2, this is Paul speaking. <coughs> we know very well that we are not set right with God by rule keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it. And we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. No matter how hard we tried. <coughs> and if we look at the story, <coughs> thank you so much. If we look at the story of who wrote this, Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he was a Pharisee. In fact, he would even say of himself that he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He understood the law. And he had a sense of pride that he could keep the law. But he knew, and he's telling the church in Galatia, and he's telling us today, that we couldn't do it. No matter how hard we try, 
we couldn't do it. We couldn't keep God's expectations. We couldn't keep his rules in our life. And so we stumbled. So God's answer and response was this moment. Now, the interesting part of this is who were the first people that got to see this response of God? Surely it was the Pharisees, the pastors of the day, the educated. No, it wasn't. You can picture that scene, right? Out in the, the fields. Who were keeping watch at that time? Yeah, the shepherds were keeping watch. They were the stinky ones. They were the outcasts. They're the ones that people, if you are anybody, you don't spend time with them. Because if you do... That company's going to corrupt you. So you don't. But who gets to hear the message first? The angels come to the shepherds and say, hey, today, today, for you, a Savior has been born. So they make their way down and they see this baby Jesus. And I could just picture that moment. They've never been invited to anything. But now they're invited to something else. And then we go a little bit further. Um, most think it's about two years. <coughs> the wise men follow a star. They travel a long distance. And they come upon the child. And you can see this, these um, stately individuals humbled before this, this little baby, this two-year-old. So you have both ends of the spectrum. You have the, the lowly, the outcast shepherds. And then you have these learned wise men. And it's God's message saying... I've got this for all people from A to Z. Doesn't matter what color, no matter what economic status you're in, I've got this for you. For you. Make it personal. Now, we're going to go there in a moment, but what I'd like to do is let's find out what's happening with Elmer T. Elf. Now, remember, those angels are on a mission. And they're going to interact with Elmer, and they're going to bring him to the most significant event that ever took place. Let's see what they say. Where are we? Yeah, where are we, Harold? Where are we? We're in the stable where the baby Jesus was just born. He's right down there. Joseph, we need to find some place to lay him down. I can't believe we don't even have a place for him to lay his head. Mary, look, I found a feed truck. Do you think this will work? I, I, I guess it could work. I know that parents always say their child is perfect, but somehow I just sense this time that he is truly perfect. Okay, so what does a poor family, a baby, in a barn have to do with anything, especially Christmas? How does this have to do with my happiness and my sense of peace? Oh, Elmer, that's not just any baby. That's the Son of God. That's the Messiah, Emmanuel, the Christ. Yeah, that's why they call it Christmas. I mean, Christmas. <laughs> okay, so I understand why they call it Christmas. Well, what does that have to do with me and my struggles? Oh, Elmer... 
this has everything to do with you and your struggles. That little baby, he, he came into the world to deal with things like this. He's the only true hope the world's ever going to know. He came into the world in that lowly little manger on a still night. He came on his own schedule. He's going to bring the only lasting resolution to grief and to conflict that the world's ever going to know. You see, he came for all mankind. But here's the thing. He came also specifically for you, Elmer. week after week I mean if you if you followed the story it didn't look like this guy was going to get it I mean he was trying everything that this world could offer and yet he couldn't find that sense of peace so Elmer welcome to the joy and the peace and all that God wants to give you in your life uh, today and tomorrow and forever so welcome to the to the family and to the 
the place of uh, God's love for you. Now, one of the questions that are going, going to be asked, and this is important stuff, what about you? What about me? Some of you know my story. For my first 17 years, I knew about Jesus. I could spell his name, but I did not have him here. Embracing the Savior means it shifts from an idea and a thought to something that can't even be explained here, you know, down here in the heart. You know, some people say it's a matter of surrendering and trusting, and maybe that's a good way to say it. If you noticed, when Elmer made his way in here, he was battling and struggling. He still was wrestling with this. You know, if you notice, he, uh, he had a animal cracker still with him. But when he confronted Jesus and saw this, this gift of God, he left those behind. Kind of like the Christmas um, Charlie Brown special. Right? You remember that moment? And maybe you, you haven't noticed it. But next time when you watch it, remember to look at what Linus did. Remember, he's the one with the little blankie, his security blanket. But as he was telling the story about the peace on earth, he dropped it and he left it because there was something better. And I hope you know what that something better is. It's Jesus born for you and for me. Jesus, who in many ways traded in the stable, that little bed for a cross to die on, the, uh, on that cross for you and me. But he, he rose again. He rose again for you, for me. And I don't know if you've ever had that moment. I'll tell you for me, I could just tell you when it was, 1979. It was that time where Jesus became real for me. And I have not been the same ever since. Now, if you don't know what that means, we would love to talk to you about it. We'd love to pray with you about it. But I would like for you, when we now take this moment to sing Silent Night, please, please know, Silent Night was not an accidental night. It was an intentional night by God for somebody like you and me. He created that moment so we can sleep in heavenly peace. So during this song, as we sing it, we're going to also be lighting the candles. And I'll just tell you, when I was a kid growing up, I didn't go to church a lot, but I would make my way to Christmas Eve, and we would do the kind of the candle thing, and I thought it was cool. But today, I now understand the meaning and significance behind it. It's the light of God's love coming for somebody like me who was in darkness. So we're going to light these candles. We're going to sing this song. But I would like for you to start thinking and praying about what does it mean and what does it look like to embrace the Savior in your life. And if, again, if this is a foreign concept to you, you don't quite know what this all means, please call us here at the church. We'd love to talk to you about it, pray with you about it, take those steps with you as you get to know this Jesus who loves you with an everlasting love. So I'd like to invite you to come forward. We're going to light these candles and 
we'll be sharing them with you and you'll be sharing them with others. Just a little note, uh, just tip the unlit candles. It works much better that way than tipping a lit candle. So if you would, and let's sing. that first verse one more time sing with
gracious, Lord, giver of every good blessing because you love your children. We thank you for you coming to us. We thank you for coming to this earth and, and sending your son and letting him put flesh on and live amongst us. We pray now that your spirit would stir within this room and within our hearts. That these lights are not just physical, but they would be spiritual. That your light would light up our hearts and lives forever. So thank you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for all that you have done, are doing, and will do. Because you're a God who loves. In Jesus' name we pray. I'd like to invite you now to extinguish those candles and then please stand for the blessing. Please stand. And let me share with you the blessing that comes from God to people like you and me because, again, he loves you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace, now and forever. Amen.